From the Srimad Bhagavatam, 10th Canto, Chapter 13, Text 64. <laughs> Anjali Prashayavan Samahita Anjali Prashayavan Samahita Save Patur Gutka the Yaila Kailaya Save Patur Gutka the Yaila Kailaya Shane Oh, no, 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 no. 
Ata, then, Uttaya, rising, Vrinjya, wiping, Lochane, his two eyes, Mukunda, at Mukunda, Lord Sri Krishna. Udviksya, looking up, Vinamrakandara, his neck bent, Krita Anjali, with folded hands, Prashayavan, very humble, Samahitaha, his mind concentrated, Savipatu, his body trembling, Gadgadaya, faltering, Ailata, Brahma began to offer praise, Ilaya, with words, translation. Then rising very gradually and wiping his two eyes, Lord Brahma looked up at Mukunda. Lord Brahma, his head bent low, his mind concentrated and his body trembling, very humbly began with faltering words to offer praises to Lord Krishna. Brahma, being very joyful, began to shed tears and he washed the lotus feet of Krishna with his tears. Repeatedly he fell and rose as he recalled the wonderful activities of the Lord. After repeating obeisances for a long time, Brahma stood up and smeared his hands over his eyes. Srila Vishnu Chakrabhartitakra commands that the word Lochane indicates that with his two hands he wiped the two eyes on each of his four faces. Seeing the Lord before him, Brahma began to offer prayers with great humility, respect and attention. Thus end the Bhaktivedanta purports of the 10th canto of 13th chapter of the Srimad Bhagavatam entitled The Stealing of the Boys and the Calves by Brahma. Omagyantimanandasya vimna salakriya shakshuram nitanya tasmai shi gurveno shi chitanamanavistam sakitam yena bhutale Svayam Rupa Kalamiyam Tadati Svapadamitikam Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Ichananda Sri Adhita Gada Sivasati Oudakthavanya Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama It is said that that uh, there is dry grass and it very easily catches fire. So sometimes we meet a, a potential devotee, although 
this person is not practicing Krishna consciousness, we see immediately the devotee in that person. Dry grass. We know that this person can very easily, very easily take up Krishna consciousness. Um, and so we see the devotee within. So Lord Brahma is such a devotee. Uh, even although uh, some mistake is there, Sanjaya, can you do me a favor? Just, just I no, I forgot to take my my pills, which is very stupid. So can you go the the Sarpaganda Ayurvedic Sarpaganda and Ashwagandha, one capsule each? Not taking that. Sorry. Um, <clears throat> so back to the Bhagavatam, which is the real medicine, <laughs> the medicine for the soul. Um, so Lord Brahma is such dry grass, uh, such dry grass, and uh, therefore we see when Lord Brahma somehow or other, uh, for a moment, forgot, forgot the uh, transcendental nature of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, then he was very quickly and completely corrected. Right? It wasn't like, uh, okay, now I fell down, now it's going to take a long purification, a long adjustment. He was not Isvara Branta, he was not envious of the Supreme Personality of Godhead in the sense that there was deep envy within him. Um, therefore, a slight, uh, a relatively quick um, uh, correction, and Lord Brahma returned to, uh, to humility, respect, and attention. And, and heartfelt, um, uh, Lord Brahma realized, of course, he had committed an offense. So part of his prayer is also, uh, is also motivated by uh, that feeling of guilt and possibly even thinking about the punishment that could come his way. If we have a quick peek in the next chapter, which is not here in this book, but I open it up in my head, and there is a prayer where Lord Brahma begins to offer prayers, and he says to the Lord, he says that uh, I am known, you know, as Aja, right, as the one who has not taken birth, because. I appeared on the lotus that came from your lotus navel. Therefore, you are both my father and my mother, both. And a mother never takes offense, even when a child on her lap passes stool or urine. So we can see that the prayer is not only glorification, but the prayer was also from, you know, therefore, uh, you should not punish me. So there was an element of fear, an element of guilt in this falling at the feet of the Lord, and his tears were certainly mixed with a little bit of, uh, of hoping not to get punished. 
but there was uh, genuine repentance and there was genuine um, return towards humility. It is not so easy. In the uh, seventh chapter of the uh, Bhagavad Gita, it is said, Sabdake Purusham Rishu, I am the ability in man. And uh, all of us uh, have some ability, all of us have some power. And, uh, and that power that we have as human beings naturally gives us a sense of superiority and a human life an animal life like you know uh, doesn't compare right? not in the in in the mind of the non-devotee right? only in the mind of the devotee uh, are the uh, the lives of other living beings also to be taken um, with great importance. So, um, we all have been empowered with certain abilities by the Supreme Lord. Um, uh, Lord Brahma is especially empowered. He is the, uh, the Guna avatar. He is the avatar, one of the avatars that controls one of the modes of material nature. So, he is a very intimate agent of the Supreme Personality of Godhead and the Lord manifests his vibhuti, his opulence through him. Um, and the opulence of Lord Brahma is, is very, very great because he just manifests things from his mind. He's just creating from his mind and it manifests. I mean, if I sometimes daydream about things like that, you know, but I can manifest from my mind. I don't know if you also do, but I am doing, uh, and I'm thinking, okay, you know, a building here, a building there, a beautiful, a project here, a project there. Um, my mind can cook up all kinds of things. Yeah. Um, uh, Yes, but nothing manifests, you know, it doesn't come. <laughs> I'm trying, but it doesn't, it doesn't manifest. Uh, uh, too sinful, just too sinful. So here I go into the dream corner of my mind and nothing comes out. I just sit there dreaming, daydreaming, and nothing manifests. But in the case of Lord Brahma, it actually manifests. It all manifests. So it is quite something to be Lord Brahma. Whatever you dream, boom, there it is. Done. What's next? Let me have another idea. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, uh, so one can understand that uh, it's not so, uh, so easy to be Lord Brahma. Therefore, that position of Lord Brahma is not given to any ordinary living being. That position is only given to the most pious of all living entities. I mean, how many living entities are there? Uh, it's, it's, it's inconceivable. Just in this room alone, if you start counting the germs and whatever, uh, 
then, you know, inconceivable, inconceivable numbers of living entities, and the living entities are everywhere. Sarvaga. They exist even between the atoms. And next thing is there is, is the best of all, Lord Brahma, the most exalted, the most pious. So, really, uh, see, we, um, we may be, this morning I was listening to some Chaitanya Bhagavat uh, audio book, and uh, there was a description of, uh, of these, uh, of all the devotees of the Lord who took their, their birth in sinful, sinful, sinful corners of the world, in sinful families. Well, uh, yeah, I, I, I guess that's there. And, uh, I mean, I stole my first cigarettes from my father, <laughs> sinful, when I was six. <laughs> I got quite sick. <laughs> In the forest, actually. I was lying on this forest bench. <laughs> yeah. So, what can I say? And this is just one of the milder memories. You know, this is one that I share with you. There are others that I will not share with you. Uh, so, what can we say? The, uh, the, sinful, uh, the sinful birth, the sinful tendencies, uh, the sinful activities, and the remainder of them. Uh, we know that pop or sin creates kutam, stock within the heart, and from that comes bijam, inclination, inclination towards more sin. Anyway, tame the wild animal, chant Hare Krishna, put him in a corner, hold him back, control the senses, control the sinful mind, and hold back the sinful desires. Does it sound familiar? <laughs> I guess it is. So this is the situation. And Lord Brahma is not like that. He's not like that. Um, even the demigods are by nature in the mode of goodness. But they have this strong desire to enjoy. And somehow or other. But very much in the mode of goodness. Above the demigods are the Mahajana and Tapalokas, are the planetary systems where sages reside, great saintly personalities, the Siddhalokas, where the brahmacharis reside. I mean, real dedicated brahmacharis who lived like brahmacharis for a lifetime, they attain Siddhaloka, and then Brahmaloka is the topmost planet where only the topmost souls go. Huh? And it's uh, the pure sannyasis, uh, not the, uh, not necessarily those who dress up like sannyasis in this age of Kali, as Prabhupada mentions in the purports of the first canto. Uh, I meditate on that often. Um, but sannyasis attain that destination. I'm not talking Vaishnava sannyasis, not sannyasis just for their renunciation and purity. So, uh, 
in the Brihad Bhagavatamrita, we find that living beings are placed higher and lower within the universe according to their involvement with lust. And if one is engaged in illicit sex, then one winds up in the hellish planets. And if one is piously engaging in sexual activities, then it may be the heavenly planets. And, and if one becomes more and more renounced, then planets above, right? until the topmost planets complete celibacy and so on. So we can see how uh, the piety of Lord Brahma, uh, and I wanted to just emphasize the in inconceivable piety of Lord Brahma. Uh, I mean, we couldn't bear it for a day if if our ideas would become true. <laughs> God, you know, I would be walking next to my shoes, you know. I mean, like. <laughs> I would become immediately very, very arrogant because I am very arrogant, but I try to bury it. Yeah? I try to keep it buried underground deep in my consciousness and not let it rise to the surface. But the pride is, is only buried. <clears throat> yeah, great. One sec. Yes, but of course, it's not so easy to just think that we can overcome such tendencies by burying them, burying our vice, and covered by layers of external activities in devotional service, but buried below the service, there they are, all these vices, it's not so simple. Burying will not do, it's not enough. Uh, one has to actually uh, make a conscious effort. Um, there are two ways that we can purify. Anartapasamam saksat bhakti yoga madoksha That is by the automatic power of devotional service. It just removes impurities from the heart. And uh, But it's not that we just... Uh, uh, go on stubbornly being our impious selves and then just do some devotional service and then one day we wake up I'm pure <laughs> I don't know how it happened but the, my devotional service has now fructified and now I am pure uh, that is not the way it works rather the way it works is for so long, for so long I was deeply sunk in the mode of ignorance and the mode of passion. And devotional service, Tadara, Jastamu, Bhavakamalu, Bhadiyasiye, Mataibhidi, Tanbhidi, Stiptam, Satvapasidati, devotional service gradually destroys the influence of the lower modes of nature 
and awakens the mode of goodness in us and then the mode of pure goodness. Okay. All right. So as goodness is awakening and as ignorance and passion are disappearing, more and more awareness is also awakening. We become more aware. What is right, what is wrong, huh? what to do, what not to do. That becomes more and more apparent. And so with the increase of knowledge, also the increase of responsibility is there. The more you know, the more responsible. The less we know, you know ignorance is bliss. We didn't know that that's what they said. But, you know, it's not so easy. Um, as the human being, as the human being, we have an inherent responsibility. Uh, inherent responsibility um, to act, to act piously. Yes. Um, but it's very difficult. Uh, I mean, then we can talk about the skeletons in the closet. Right? The skeletons in the closet means the the moments, the hidden moments of failure. Yeah. All the skeletons, we hid them in the closet. When we blew it, but just kept a facade and stuck it nicely in the closet, it's full of skeletons. Yeah. There they are. So yes, the skeletons in the closet. All these things are just uh, there. And uh, and we have to deal with them. And they have to be purified. It all has to come out in the wash. Yeah. Otherwise, it will still influence us. So many living beings within the universe are preoccupied in purifying themselves. And successful to a degree. How successful are we? And I mean, of course, we have a means of purification, which is the most powerful means, because we are not just engaging in punya. Uh, there are three types of punya, or pious activity. There is karmamukhi, sukriti, or the benefit that comes from, uh, that remains in the realm of karma. So, you, you help the old lady uh, across the street, right? you get some uh, brownie points, as they say. <laughs> you know, you get some, uh, you get some points here, and it's like saving these stamps. You know, in the end you have your card. You know, but look, uh, so many old ladies, so many. I <laughs> saved a drowning child. You know what I mean? Like all the pious activities on there. Here's. Here's my card, you know. Now I get my prize. Yes, you get the heavenly planets, right? For a while. Lucky yeah. me. So, Kaimun Muki. Then there's Mokshun Muki. Yes, oh yes. No, no, no heavenly planets, nothing. Mokshun Muki. Attaining 
pious activity that relates to getting liberation. Liberation from this material world. Chaitanya Charitamrita, of course, describes that Dharma, Artha, Kama, Moksha, or that materialistic, pious, religious activities, uh, economic activity, uh, sense gratification, Kama, or liberation are all kaitava, all, all cheating. And it says, the kaitava pradhan, the topmost cheating, is liberation. Because then bhakti will become antardhan, then bhakti will become invisible or disappears. That is a problem. So, yes, uh, when bhakti becomes antardhan, it becomes invisible. So all these things, uh, all this so-called piety, um, will just make bhakti invisible. So karma unmukhi, uh, bhakti unmukhi sukriti, no interest, uh, sorry, uh, moksha unmukhi sukriti, no interest. Then there is bhakti unmukhi sukriti, the benefit from bhakti. So we're getting the benefit from bhakti. And we feel some benefit from bhakti. But is it enough? Is it enough? Or are, the, uh, are all these sinful tendencies, which are deeply buried in our hearts, still going to make us deviate? And are we still going to take another birth? Uh, the other day, uh, Sanjaya asked me, he said, what does it mean when Prabhupada said that most of his disciples will go to the heavenly planets? What should we think of that? What does that mean? Um, I think what it means is that if one is receiving transcendental knowledge, but one is not following it, and one is living, and one is not living by the uh, by the regulated principles. One is not chanting, and one is deviating from devotional service. I think that's that's where we wind up in in the uh, heavenly planets, because heavenly planets means karma muki. It's we we it's karma. It's trying to enjoy the fruits of our activities, and devotional service means don't enjoy the fruits of our activities. So I think that it means that uh, for those who know better, but who don't follow. So that is, is uh, and of course, many of us maybe in that category. And just like, yeah. Uh, some people chant only 12 rounds. Initiated, but they chant 12 rounds. And they go, come on, the other four. Just do the other four. It's not that many. Four more. Uh, it can be done. Yeah and so on, and 
We, we need to recommit again and again to uh, four regulated principles. But due to impiety, we don't. Due to the stock in the heart, the sinful in inclination is so strong that we don't. That we don't. And then we find justifications for it, reasons for it, you know, my health, my heart. I have a hole in my heart. Yeah, I have a hole in my brain. I have a hole in my, a hole in my shoe. You know, I mean, yeah. yeah, you have a hole in your spiritual life as well. Uh, yeah, what to do? Uh, no. Uh, we can't compromise on such things. We can't. Yeah, we can't. It is the medicine, you know. If you if you don't take your pills, then it doesn't work. <laughs> if you start skipping them, then they don't work. See, you have to be serious about it. In that way. Um, so the most serious is is Lord Brahma. Um, he has perfectly perfectly undergone all the purification. He has not only absorbed all departments of Vedic knowledge, but he has made them his own. He's made them his own. Lord Brahma, when the Vedas are emanating from his four mouths, we have to think of Lord Brahma like the, uh, like the embodiment of the Vedas. We have to think about that. He speaks with realization. He just doesn't, it's not a tape, Lord Brahma is not a tape recorder or some machine, you know, who kind of telepathically picks up the Vedas, you know, big antenna. Yes, and then it comes out of, out of the speaker uh, and into the universe. No, Lord Brahma is the embodiment of these Vedas. And this Lord Brahma this Lord Brahma still, still became deviated because of the great vibhuti that he was dealing with. So every living being, according to his piety, has been given a certain vibhuti, a certain amount of opulence. Uh, lions have powerful jaws and powerful, uh, powerful claws, right? And people, they have astrological signs, and some are in the mood of Leo. And Leos, they roar. Um, <laughs> one time, Rupa Sanatan, you know, used to think that he had the wrong chart of himself. Right? And for a while, he used to think like that. And then we did it one time, calculated it. And then we discovered that he was a, a lion. <laughs> and then, guess what? You know, me too. <laughs> and then Yadunandan Swami came in the room. And, he, and we, we told him, Rupa has just discovered that he's a lion. And said, I'm a lion too. And Maharaj said, me too. <laughs> and then the three of us roared. <laughs> We have our natures. We have our our conditioning. It shows in the stars what to do. 
Um, these are the vibhutis that have been given us. Some people have, have, have claws and can roar, others cannot. All whatever has been given to us. And all these things, all these things are tempting us, tempting us to, to identify with and to, to utilize, to glorify our ego, glorify our identity. That is me. This, so Boy Brahma has a bit more than we have, like I said. His ideas manifest. Um, but still, we can also do many things. So yes, this is uh, to remember that in front of Krishna, we are most insignificant. is very important. Um, that's what happens here at the end of the chapter. Lord Brahma is remembering that he's insignificant. Yes. And uh, every kid reads comic books, right? That's, that's what kids read. So I used to read. And in there, there was always a, a Chinese person and they always had the same line for the Chinese person. Me, I am just an insignificant worm, right? They always make the Chinese people in the comics say that they are insignificant. This insignificant worm. And I couldn't get it. <laughs> Just as a kid. I couldn't get this. I, it bewildered me. I was kind of like, why do they call themselves insignificant worm? I couldn't get it. Now, they are my heroes. <laughs> These insignificant worms. Because now, I'm also trying to become an insignificant worm. Did, yeah. This insignificant worm has then tried to share uh, a few thoughts with you today for your reflection. And uh, we'll now open up the floor for your questions. Thank you. just a prayer of glorification, but it was also a little bit uh, manipulative because he was trying to uh, get Krishna in a mood of forgiveness, saying, you're my father and mother, and mothers forgive everything they children do. Um, no, we are sentient beings. We are sentient beings. Uh, and of course, and sentient beings means we have a heart. And of course we, uh, we appreciate the mercy of the Lord. Right? 
But of course, we would rather have the embrace than, than the kick of the Lord. Yeah. Of course, when we're very transcendental, we can appreciate that even while being kicked, uh, even, even while being kicked, Sivananda uh, Sain was being kicked by Nichananda. Oh, my fortune, my fortune. His nephew didn't appreciate it. Got very angry, Shikanta. And went to Shichitani Mahaprabhu and said, You're Nichananda, what he did. How great is it? on the same could see it transcendental. Um, so, generally speaking, uh, we're looking for the embrace of the Lord. For the, generally, we're looking at uh, not so much the punishment of the Lord. It's not so easy. When something heavy happens to us, and to not become angry with God or to lose faith. Yeah. It's not easy. Not easy. When a great calamity befalls us, um, that's not so easy. Um, in the biblical uh, context, uh, Carl Jung has written about this, and he, has, and he said, Job, right? Job is the example of one who was severely tested. He was humble, he was good, but then he was punished anyway to, to be tested. And, uh, and said, and, uh, and Jung said, Job comes out like, a, like of a more noble character than God. Yeah? He wrote, a, I mean, from an analytical point of view, um, because he just takes this punishment. He just takes it. He suffers, but he takes it. So uh, it's difficult to accept punishment as as the love of the Lord. So it's quite natural that we'd rather be embraced than be punished. Anybody else? punishment. Um, <coughs> philosophy. You know, philosophy. Uh, yeah, I, I have some experience at first, my own, the same old shot in the back because one day I should write this book called All in One Shot. <laughs> and all the things that come from that one shot, many things. But you know, at one point, I'm walking around and I'm meeting in, a, in my poor senior Vaishnava who says, uh, aren't you angry with God? You know, aren't you angry with Krishna for this, you know? And then I gave a philosophical answer. I said, no, actually I'm very fortunate because he gave, gave me special attention. Right? He doesn't give everybody attention. Not special, not personal attention. But in my case, he gave me personal attention. Yeah. Something from, okay, 
I want you to be purified. Okay, good. <laughs> Personal attention. So, philosophy is going to help us to, uh, at, at, at the lowest level, it's philosophy that's going to help us to see it in a proper perspective. Uh, okay, when we are in deep love, then we can even blissfully accept the punishment. Like she can understand. Yeah. Yeah. Go around, yeah. You're here. Yeah. So, um, like Timothy Titani Shikshamrita, he speaks about how each demon represents some obstacle that we have to overcome. And about this Lila, about Brahma, um, he said that this pastime helps us to rectify the offense of considering Aishvarya over um, intimate moods of understanding Krishna. Could you say something how this is relevant for us? Yeah. Aishvarya versus Madhurya. Vrindavan mm. um, is all Madhurya. Right? In one sense, although there are five rasas, dasya, uh, dasis, and, and so on, although there are five rasas, the whole atmosphere of Vrindavan is that Madhurya mood, where the sweetness of Krishna is appreciated, and the sweetness of Krishna is is the center and the focus of every. Uh, everyone in Vrindavan. Aishwarya, it is the, the power, the opulence of Krishna. Yes, so yes, Lord Brahma went into a competition. As I said, Vibhuti, he himself was carrying the Aishwarya uh, of Krishna, the Vibhuti, which is given to him, and he began to uh, see it as his own, and he... Uh, went into a competition in terms of Aishwarya, and because Krishna manifested himself like a child, he didn't look so... Uh, at that point, he wasn't manifesting much Aishwarya. And, you know, it's like he, he was just acting like a, like, a, like a child. So, then Lord Rama saw his own Aishwarya and became bewildered. Categories of piety from the Chaitanya Charitamrita. Uh, karma Mukti, uh, piety related to karma, piety related to uh, to liberation, and piety related to to bhakti. Um, when it comes to 
piety related to karma. Brahma is the topmost. When it comes to uh, piety uh, related to liberation, uh, Brahma is is so aloof, so detached from uh, so many things in the universe. He is Pitamaha. He is the the grandfather. He is above it all. You know, while Indra is is involved with it with it all, and the demigods are involved with it all. Lord Brahma is not involved. So his Moksha Mukhi Karma is, or Sukriti, is also very beloved. Then Lord Brahma also has Bhakti Unmukhi Sukriti. But, you know, uh, now that we just went on this point of the Aishwarya and the Madhurya, then yes, the uh, a point which we addressed earlier extensively, you know, in the discussions on this, on this chapter. Um, yes, then uh, naturally, Brahma's worship of the Lord is mixed with Aishwarya. Therefore, it is difficult for him to approach Krishna, because Krishna's pastimes are of the nature of Madhurya are covered. It's said by some darkness, just as the hoofs of the calves and cows throw up dust. The pastimes of Krishna are always covered by some darkness. So one can only enter in them through uh, through this, following the footsteps of the residents of Vrindavan. Therefore, Lord Brahma realized that and tried to meditate on the dust of the lotus feet of the gopis. And he tried to meditate on that for 60,000 of his years and still could not penetrate in Vrindavan because this, this sense of Aishwarya is deep, as we can see, is an essential part of his personality. Now, when we speak about the little Bhakta, the little Bhakta uh, who has just uh, joined the Hare Krishna movement uh, some years back and who has been given some attributes, you know, and is now called a Vaishnava and puts Tilak, not all the time, and, uh, and sort of cuts corners left and right uh, on rules and regulations and maybe even on his essential practices, but somehow or other is still hanging in there by a piece of straw. Uh, that little bhakti, but uh, uh, has very little personal credit, but has an amazing straw. The straw is really something. Because the straw is the mercy of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And because it's such a powerful straw, that's why this little bhakta is somehow or other uh, being dragged along, you know, to levels that are just incredible. And the demigods are looking like, I mean, what's going on here? Look at this. This personality is just achieving things by the nature of that straw that is just amazing. So the little doctor lives, hangs on the straw of mercy. There's no, not much credits, little credits, little doctor, little credits. That's, uh, that was spoken from realization, from personal realization.
He cannot wait. If he didn't put some suffering into our 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 life, God, it would take it would take forever before we would go back to the spiritual world. And Krishna would just be sitting there and waiting and waiting and waiting. He cannot wait any longer. So out of love, put a little suffering. What do you do? You have a child addicted to drugs. And of course, you say, and you can't can't do anything, he's not going to listen to you. So you have to tolerate it. But maybe if you have some tricks, some tricks to turn him around, you might do it. So Krishna's punishment are his tricks to bring us back a little sooner to the spiritual. So we have to look at the love behind and that our own stubborn, our own stubbornness, stubborn attachment to, to sinful That's the best I can do. She was first, uh, Mariska. Then I talked to you. And she said this is about the man who still deviated, because he deviated, and he's dealing with this Puguti. Yeah, opulence. What kind of? What, with what kind of opulence is Lord Brahma is, is dealing? Well, like I said, he has this Sristi Shakti. He has this uh, this power to create. He was empowered to create, and just from his mind, poof, idea manifest. Imagine you would have that. You know, I'm saying you have so many. I know you have a lot of ideas, and then, <laughs> <laughs> and then you know, there's always this frustration. It doesn't work. This to this. People don't like it. Lord Brahma doesn't have that problem. Any idea? Poof! There it is. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> tough. Tough. No? I mean, it's not... I wouldn't mind having it, but could I, could I carry the burden of having that? The reason why you and me don't have it is because we can't carry the burden of that. So here we sit. I often think, I need a hundred million euros. So if you have some donations, please give, because I need a hand generously, please. If you have an inheritance, you can put the name. I'll give you my legal details. You put my name. Because I really need 100,000 euros, urgently. Urgently. But so far, Krishna hasn't given it to me. I guess he thinks if he gives it to me, I might become corrupted. Because when you got the money, something changes. Yes. Um, you mentioned to take the responsibility to act purely, and it can happen when in daily life. Uh, should I repeat? Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm an old man. I can't hear you. <laughs> so you mentioned to take the responsibility to act purely. And it can be that to be surrounded by beings that we not always act with responsibility or another act fiercely. How can we manage these relations? Yeah. Um, when we are in an environment where we try to act purely, but uh, 
and overcome our, our inner weaknesses in that regard also and, and in our environment people are not so pure that makes it much more difficult. What can we do? As I said, well we have that very powerful straw of the mercy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, so we hold on tight to that one. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu wanted us to chant Hare Krishna, so we're really chanting, you know, like holding on to that. And, uh, and Prabhupada boiled it down to some essential principles and essential points, and, and then says, here is that mercy of Lord Chaitanya. So that's the one thing, it is so powerful that even in the midst of uh, of all the negative association, which we all have. Yeah? We all have. I mean, we all live in this crazy world. And it's like, you know, and there's so much nonsense in your face, on the phone, in everywhere. So that's straw of mercy. That's that's the only the only thing. Loud to remember? Yeah, right. We were mentioning skeleton uh, in closet. Oh, yes. Identification of our lower nature. I was thinking, um, but we are so attached to, like, whatever what we are doing, like a small child, like, no, 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 that's right, I'm right. That's, uh, I was thinking so many times. You know, it helps them to, to make application now, like from Shastras. So we are we're saying that, uh, uh, that the philosophy can help us from the Shastra. But, but this, I'm right, it's putting, pulling us backward, like a ropes, like a, you know, this punishment or Yamaguta. No, 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 I'm right. But actually, we really need to embrace it, so embrace punishment in the sense that, okay, I was doing wrong, maybe I'm not right. And I need to listen to someone who knows better than me. But that's so difficult if we are putting ourselves in a superior position. Right. We are not. Yes, yes, I agree. And uh, and then, you know, um, well, you know, I, I used to say, and maybe I'll say it now also, I used to say, either, um, take a humble position or get smashed. <laughs> that's the choice, basically. Yeah. Yeah. That's called life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you're a Roman mother, I have some issue with this uh, example of loving father and child. Loving father and child. About okay. the punishment which it, it is from the Bhagavatam though. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Good. This is, this is, <laughs> how do I see that? In this world, we would not allow our child to do something if child is resisting. Because it can be completely damaging. If child wants to jump on the top of the of the building, it's and that's pretty much our position in this world. Once, at least logically we say we jump and that's it. But you know how to how to how to rectify that? It's just endless process, and we are rotating this world again and again. And that example, yes. of this world is we are much more general. That right. we are taking an example. 
I have an answer. Um, and the answer is that, you know, uh, when the child grows up to be a teenager, that's when the trouble starts, right? You know, then you can no longer control that child. Uh, when the child is persistent, and just persistent and persistent in wanting to do something that you know is not good for it, but it wants to do it, and you cannot stop that child anymore, the teenager. So it's, it's when it's very deep, right? When, when it's very deep, the spirit to act inappropriately, independently in the child, then as a parent, you cannot, uh, you can no longer put your, your boots on and, 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 and act very, and be a big controller. You'll have to, uh, it says at the age of 15, you'll have to be a friend Otherwise, you you lose your child altogether, right? And it's the same. Krishna also. You cannot force. At one point, Krishna has to also give in and say, "Okay, you want to be independent? All right, then. You try it." So it's not that Krishna just just well, you know, um, have a choice. You know, you want the. The white chocolate or the chocolate? Dark chocolate, you know, which one you like? Choose one. No, it's not just that Krishna gives a free choice. It's just Krishna is himself forced because of the independence of the living being. Then he goes along with it, but still makes all kinds of arrangements to bring that, uh, that child back. Because even though the child is a teenager, the parent still sees the, sees the teenager as a child. Although the teenager himself thinks, I'm an adult. I know what I'm doing. And here we are in the material world. I know what I'm doing. My dear Madai. My dear Madai. You beat Lord Chaitanya. And then, you know, but Madai, when a child beats his parents, parents don't take it so serious. From my perspective, you are a child, Lord Nichananda said. So, still, we always are a child, but rebellious children, very rebellious. Those, the very rebellious ones are here. Anyway, that's my angle on it. I'm gonna.